Är du vampyr? Hade du tyckt om mig ändå? Hello and welcome back to Scream 101. I'm Brennan. And I'm Sergio. And this is our second episode of... Number two. A Vampire <laughs> Month. Speaking of number two, how about that Dracula last week, right? It was great. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I mean, not so much the podcast, but the movie itself was great. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, thanks for still sticking around for this episode as we work out the kinks. Kink shaming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this week we watched Let the Right One In, which is a Swedish empire film based on a Swedish novel of the same name, which got a remake in America called Let Me In. Uh, Chloe Grace Moretz was in it. Thank you for remembering that because I saw that movie and I couldn't for the life of me remember the American title. Well, no, that's good because it's you're more authentic that way. Yay. Uh, but yeah, let's get right into it. Uh, let me read you the plot. Based on the... Oh, God. What? There's just so many cues. Based on the bestseller by John Alvida, Alvida Lindquist. That's that's not there's that's not that's not a sentence. There's no period at the end. It just skips Continue. right into the next one. It's stream of consciousness. Just keep going. Okay. Lonely twelve-year-old Oscar is regularly bullied by his stronger classmates. A new friendship develops when Ellie, a pale, serious girl who only comes out at night, moves in next door, coinciding with her arrival is a series of inexplicable disappearances and murders. As Oscar becomes mm. more aware of Ellie's tragic plight, he cannot forsake her. However, Ellie knows that to continue living, she must keep relocating. But when Oscar faces his darkest hour, Ellie returns to defend him the only way she can. Are you sure that's how you pronounce the name Ellie? Are we perhaps mispronouncing it? Ellie? Oh, well, maybe like Eli, you know. Uh, we'll get to that, but it's like Ellie in Swedish or something. Okay, fine. I'll accept them and their creative choices. Yeah, really really fun thing about the Swedish language. It sounds like English, but just if you have your mouth full of just frozen Incomprehensible syllables. It's just like, hello, I'm Vernon. How are you? Yep, that's you. That's Swedish That's chef. Swedish. I can... <laughs> bork, bork, bork. So, scariness. Let's just get right into it. We rate scariness one to five out of screams. And what is your score, Sergio? I could not decide between two and three. So, I'm going to say 2.5. Oh. And by the way, I said fangs. So, it's 2.5 fangs. Okay. You're equivocating so soon. And also, you're changing the system. I should not have invited you here. 2.5 fangs. It makes sense. Okay. Well, why do you vote it this way? Well, because it's a vampire movie, so you would use fangs to rate scariness. No, what? How, is it, how scary is it to you? Talk um, about it. It's more of a love story than anything. Uh, there wasn't really a lot of scares to be had. There were frightening moments, but they were few and far in between. Uh, a lot of it just follows the storyline between Ellie and Oscar and them getting to know each other and her basically like seducing him into the life that she needs him to be so she can survive. That's true. Um, I give it two out of five things. Thank you. As well, I made a decision. I'm giving it two out of five screams. You're right. This movie is an atmospheric Fangs. romance. What? Things. Oh, God. Whatever. Whatever's happening here. Atmospheric romance. Continue, Brennan. Just running. rolling with it. Um, it's this 
like gross icky preteen romance more than it is a horror movie like in I don't know about preteen because the stuff that they're going to eventually suggest is kind of out of the realm of you okay. know no, you're, that cancer kid movie you're not <laughs> you're not going to find let the right one in in the teen fantasy fiction section or the paranormal romance section that yeah. is a thing now thanks to twilight ooh but i mean this is a about as exactly opposite to Twilight that you can get while still being a young adult vampire romance movie. Mm-hmm. Um, because, the, you know, these aren't freaking sparkly vampires dancing around with their, their mind reading and future telling. Like, this is straight up European vampire lore. She is a monster and she will destroy you and she will suck your blood. And it's great. Yeah, and she does do that. She, she does, does do that. There, there are a couple scenes that build tension really well. There's a scene I like a lot where Oscar is finally facing off against his bully while, um, and it's intercutting between these two kids discovering a body of the... Which scene is that? Um, it's a scene where they're all ice skating around, and he, like, whacks the bully oh, in yeah, the face. Oh, yeah, when he, like, well, that was great. Yeah, and they, they discover a body in a frozen lake that turns out to be one of um, the victims that Ellie, the lady vampire, she had her, like, older pedophile friend commit for yeah. her. Uh, wasn't a pedophile always apparently or was he uh we'll talk about that i guess there's there's a lot i assume that it was a cycle like she got them young and then just kept them till until she needed them they were no longer of service you know i think this is probably the right time for me to pull out some of my book knowledge yeah good because i need a lot cleared up for this one yeah i've 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 read the book that this movie is based on and the book is fantastic i would give that easily four or five out of five okay that book the book is really really solid but four to five pages or yeah it's real short too (laughs) it's just it's a picture book okay cool all right continue sorry for interrupting no that's fine in the book it's pretty clear uh, well it's explicitly clear and really gross scene that this character is a pedophile but it's because he befriended this vampire when he was a young boy. Mm-hmm. And so he's been in love with her ever since then. And she has never changed. So his, he hasn't grown up. He's got like Peter Pan syndrome basically. And he's just really sick. And ooh, he's ooh. twisted as a result of the love that she inflicted upon him. Yeah. There is some stuff, Sergio stuff that like, I cannot say on this podcast without getting us an explicit tag. Really? It is dark. How can we never mention this earlier? It's Are you not, saving it for tonight? Ew. No, it's just not It's not in the movie. It's not relevant. Okay. Do you want me to tell you? I mean, yeah, but like clearly if you can't use it. So. No, I'll just I'll just bleep it out on the podcast. All right. Okay. Beep. So um, he goes to like a where they have these but all their so they can it's dark. This was really originally written in Swedish, right? Yeah, Swedish have some twisted literature. Okay. If you've ever read uh, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, you'll understand how Let the Right One In comes from such like a dark, twisted place. It's really intense. I thought Sweden was great. Don't they have like universal health care and all that? Yeah, they have. Look, like, can't they afford to replace those? Is what I'm saying. Anyway, um, no, <laughs> no, Sweden's a really interesting place. It's the home of ABBA, IKEA, and really messed up books it's mm-hmm. it's an interesting country and i'm glad we're exploring it already hold in on our question horror. what is dead snow from sweden no that's norwegian oh is it aren't they cousins kissing cousins uh, probably all right i mean yeah yeah okay i'm like i'm interested now in scandinavian horror good it's, a, it's intense it's really good as a genre apparently if it's so frightening <laughs> 
Yeah, um, Swedish horror movies I'm not super familiar with. Um, they don't really make a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Norwegian horror movies are kind of different in that, um, like, there's movies like Dead Snow and Cold Prey that have very clearly, they love American horror movies, and they're making their own versions of that that are way better. Mm-hmm. So, like, Dead Snow is they watched all the zombie movies from, like, 60s, 70s, and 80s, and were like, let's do this. And they made this great zombie movie that was kind of unparalleled in 2007 or whenever it came out. Mm-hmm. And then Cold Prey did the same thing for the 80s slasher movies, kind of like revamping it. And Cold Prey 2 is one of the best slasher sequels ever. Anyway, um, sorry. Sorry, I, I was distracted. Just... I love Norwegian horror movies okay. so much. It's slightly different than Sweden because Sweden's really dark, but I mm-hmm. need to really... maybe Same maybe umbrella, we'll, Scandinavian horror. Yeah, well, maybe we'll do a month on Swedish horror if we if there are Scandinavian any horror. Okay, okay. Let's move on to campiness. Uh, what is your campiness score, Sergio? Um, according to the paper that you gave me, I'm giving it one sperms. Uh, sperm? No. You wrote sperm. Did, no, that one... one two. Oh no! Did I really? You oh, I sperm. messed up. I told you. I goofed. All right. Um, I'm gonna give it one perm. Um, there's not much to laugh about in this movie. Like, there's the occasional joke which you need. Like, I guess more common than it was in the Dracula movie we saw last week. But there's not really a whole lot of comedic sequences. No, there's it's not. It's pretty dry. It's pretty. Like the scenes are pretty bare. It sets a really dreary mood. That this is a very serious movie that we have to respect. And that's why I'm giving it just one lonely sperm. Yeah. Um, I also give it one out of five sperms. It is, it, it's a European art house movie is what it is. It's not particularly, you know, pretentious or up its own ass mm-hmm. about stuff, but it's an art film. It's beautiful. It's yeah. dark, but it's not, it's not what you it's think. It's not of, overpowering. Yeah. It's not what you think of when you think of a genre film necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's very brooding and um, deliberate with its pace. It's like there's a balance of colors as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's very stark and mm-hmm. cold, which is the point. It's this freezing movie. It's really cold. We actually watched it on a day that it was 100 degrees because we wanted to feel better about ourselves. Yeah. Um, Gotta love California. Yeah. Uh, there's There are a couple things that are i kind of consider campy but the overall the movie just kind of pushes that under they drown it what would you consider campy well whenever oscar swims he's constantly drinking the pool water which is really Uh, distracting for me that's not campy that's just a kid who's kind of you know gets he gets beat up for a reason he's a weird dude he's like the crooked man from conjuring too the way he walks isn't that what you compared him to earlier i think so okay there's a lot of peeing in this movie there's a lot of shots of people just going to the bathroom out in the woods like literally the movie opens on a peeing scene as um the vampire and her pedophile friend move into the apartment there's just like some hobo peeing outside and it's just kind of like a recurring theme and i want us to think about that why do you think the filmmakers worked this in as subtext um well you kind of caught me off guard because i really didn't notice all the peeing shots i i guess i noticed because i pee all the time and i was like this movie accurately reflects my life it speaks to you on a different level what was what would be the purpose of peeing? The only thing I can think of is like peeing is something you do. You feel kind of safe when you're doing it in a bathroom or mm-hmm. even outside. You feel kind of untouchable. Like you can't stop peeing when you're peeing. You just you go. Uh-huh. So it's a task that you you know you do until completion. Yeah. You know I think I think peeing is a release, and it's probably something that Ellie can't do because she's a uh, vampire. So she's kind of all pent up, just like her evil pedophile love slaves that she has. You know. 
Could you really think about that or just come up with it on I the just spot? came up with it right now. I'm super okay. cool. Okay. Um, also, is her is Oscar's dad gay? Because there is a scene where Oscar's oh, visiting that his was dad. So confusing. And this really weird stranger just walks into the house. Yeah. And the kid's like, who are you? And he's like, I'm a friend of your dad's. And the dad just like pours two glasses of alcohol and they just like stare angrily at each other and the kid for like five minutes. And we're like, that scene had no place in this movie. Yeah. It's like, are they supposed to be, you know, Mm -hmm. broke back mountaining it, breaking backs and whatnot in the snow. But the kids here, it was very strange. I don't remember that in the book, but I read it a while ago. Maybe it's in there. Maybe it was implied, but I don't, I don't know. It's up for us to decide. It is, and I decide... Maybe he's a vampire. Maybe. Ooh. Oh, that should be... We should have a spinoff. Gay Vampire Dad. And his roommate. Actually, I think that movie is Interview with the Vampire. Is it really? Well, I mean, Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise... Are we watching this next week? No, we're not. (laughs) Sorry, they adopt Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, they adopt Kirsten Dunst, and they're, like, super gay dads, and then Antonio Banderas comes, and he's super hot, and it's the gayest movie. Anyway, uh, what's your gore score, Sergio? Um, my gore score, I give it four severed body parts and I'm not changing that one because this movie actually had severed body parts. It has a severed head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really like the closing scene and I guess my favorite scene. Are you talking the about the swimming pool scene? Yeah, the swimming pool scene where, uh, Ellie saves Oscar from being drowned by his bullies. And by doing so, she destroys them. Like she cuts off someone's head. Like I think someone's arm is still attached to his head as he's yeah. rescued from the water. Uh, it it gets detached from their body and their hands still gripping his hair and it just yeah. floats down. It's a, it's a really good scene. That's my favorite scene of the movie. It's like where the most where the most happens, you know? Yeah, and you see it from his perspective. You see it from under the pool, so you mm-hmm. don't see it happening. You just see all these body parts and people being dragged through the water, mm-hmm. but you don't see what's happening to them. And that you know, it was totally cool because I didn't know Ellie was capable of that. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen her attack people and maul people, but like she just seems like a rabid dog when she's doing that. Yeah. She doesn't cut anybody's head off. I feel and like she would have more fulfilling meals if she'd done that, though. Yeah, and I'm gonna kill him anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, she should really have put on a mask because this is definitely a dead pool, if you know what I mean. Mm, dead, can you explain pool, it for me? Deadpool. I'm joking. It. It's a mask. Anyway, uh, I gave it three out of five severed limbs. I think that the gore in this movie is very uh, tasteful. It's very beautiful in the way that it's handled, but there's not particularly a lot of it. That's not a bad thing. Uh-huh. Like, what is there is really good. I like the word you used, tasteful. Thank you. It's just it's, there for decor. It's delicious. Um, Creates a nice ambiance. But her, her pedophile friend gets half his face burned by acid. I mean, he did it to himself, so yeah. he can't complain. But <laughs> she, in this really like dark kind of oh, I have a question scene. what uh in the book was it ever because in the movie we only saw the pedophile friend ever attacking like young males is there a reason why he did that like was that explained in the book or is that just something that the, like a coincidence i think that's just subtext just to show that he is a pedophile because they don't really outright say it in this movie uh-huh. i don't believe that there's a big deal about it in the book about his particular victims okay thank uh, you for clearing that up you're welcome but there's a part where um, she's at his window sucking his blood to kind of like help him escape from this mortal coil. And he falls out the window and it's this brutal scene. It's not gory, but it's just he falls and he hits this uh, like out, an outcropping and awning and he just snaps. And it's, oh, you feel it. You feel it. I mean, there's a great effect shot 
of Ellie turns this woman into a vampire mm-hmm. and she discovers that she's a vampire and doesn't want to be. So she actually asks the doctor at the hospital to open up the blinds for her. And she just, Ooh, I did love that scene. Bursts into flames, like in a yeah. nightmare on Elm street. Straight out of true blood. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. And it's so crazy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like this huge plume of flame. Like she's a Phoenix and it's really, really cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean that that kind of is our first three ratings. Let's try to synthesize that. What's your quality score? Quality, I gave it four out of five regular looking stars. Um, oh God, you can't change everything. I want to change stars. Fine, four to five unlucky stars. Um, it was a pretty good movie overall. I enjoyed myself. It kept my interest for the hundred. It kept my interest for an hour and fifty minutes. Um, and it's something that I would recommend. I enjoyed the remake that I saw, and I enjoyed this one. Would, do, you, do you have a preference? Which one do you like better? Um, I, it's been a while since I saw the remake, so I can't really say, like, oh, I like that one better. There, we're about to get into spoiler territory, so if you have not seen this movie or read this book, just uh, use your judgment. Viewer, viewer discretion. Viewer excretion is advised. I don't know if the remake included the idea that the little girl wasn't all that she seemed to be. Um, so that kind of left me kind of just guessing as to what it was because I didn't read the book. So I don't know the uh-huh. history or the lore to that scene, but it just seemed out of place for me. Like we see something and we're like, okay, this is a thing. Are you going to explain it? And then they don't. So yeah, that's one of the interesting things about the movie is that it kind of tiptoes around a lot of the book's darker elements. Um, understandably, but yeah, I get, well, I mean the Sweden, whatever include footnotes movie notes yeah no i will um in the (laughs) book um ellie is actually short for elias because back before they became vampified um ellie was a boy Mm -hmm. uh, who became castrated i don't know by who or under what circumstances not nice ones Mm. yeah well there's this whole theme about ellie says like would you still like me if i wasn't a girl and you're supposed to assume that she means like a human girl because i'm a monster but she feels like a monster because she's not a girl. She's been castrated, and it's this really dark thing, and it's this um, like kind of weird twist to their romance. It's a super queer movie. <laughs> <laughs> but that's really not touched upon in the movie, and actually I'm going to go on into my quality score. Will I let the right movie in to my heart? Uh, I, give, I give it three out of five unlucky stars. I like this movie a lot for what it is, for being a very atmospheric, chilly vampire film. But it doesn't, it doesn't go as far as it could, which is really un- an unfair complaint to level against it. Mm-hmm. But so are you saying that you gave it three to five because it didn't use every element from the book? No. Here, let me let me give you some more of my reasoning. I, I wasn't a huge fan of the pacing of this film. I didn't really con- I don't really connect with any of the characters. Mm-hmm. It's a very traditional like the worm turns uh, story structure, which is like the bullied kid gets back against the whatever like like a Carrie or an Evil Speak. You know, really famous popular movies. I've never seen Evil Speak. D- don't. It's not good. <laughs> uh, the ending is great. Wild pigs devour a whole bunch of people. I was like, in this movie, no. I just, the the kind of ponderous European style about it just didn't really speak to me this time. 
Um, I really appreciate a lot of its imagery. There's a really beautiful scene of a red bud blooming in the snow, and I'm like, look at all your metaphors you have. Mm. Um, and there's this really great character that I like. It's one of the bullies, like the you know the bully, the Draco Malfoy. He has um, his cronies, his little henchmen, his crab and his goyle. But one of the kids is just crying all the time because he doesn't want to be a bully, but he doesn't yeah. want to be bullied. So he's kind of like caught in between these two worlds, and he's so sad. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I think that kind of is indicative of the whole movie. It's just kind of like quietly weeping in the corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't really speak to me personally, but I appreciate it. So three out of five. Okay. I also like how little crying baby kid lives at the end. Yeah. He gets spared. It, it was so great. And he I just, don't even know if he realizes anybody else is dead at that point. Cause I don't know if he's like picked up his face from his perpetual cry from his just racked with sobs. And then he looks up and everyone's dead and he's like, mm. you know what? Maybe I shouldn't cry. Life's okay. Mm. I've been spared. We normally, we do champion dialogue here, but this is a movie in Swedish. So we really couldn't, make that happen pay homage to the movie with all respect what oh never mind i tried to sound smart but didn't quite fly i'm sorry it's okay uh so we're just gonna jump right on into our best thing worst thing sergio what to you is the best single element about this movie that you really like um like i already brought it up but i think the kill sequence at the end was great oh yeah the deadpool (laughs) yeah you see severed limbs flying everywhere you see oscar being saved i mean you do know that he's gonna be saved you just do, or do we know that? Did you get a feeling that he was going to be saved? I mean, I know what happens. We both do. Fine. My best thing is Oscar's class, because we see him in school a couple times. But the only class he ever goes to is a class that's apparently just straight up about murder, because they're only ever talking about brutal, awful crimes in his classes. And I don't know what the course curriculum for fifth graders is like in Sweden, but I remember when I was in fifth grade... I was learning about... What do you learn about fifth grade? Shapes? The state, right? Counting? Did we learn state history? Oh, yeah. Is that fourth grade? I don't know. We were doing something really wholesome and beautiful, and these kids are learning about how to tell if someone was murdered before arson was committed. And I'm like, what is this school? Yeah, doesn't that, isn't that the first scene we ever see of the school? Yes, it is. Yeah, that was great. That's actually... That's a really good scene, too, because Oscar says they figured it out because there was no air... I mean, there was no smoke in the lungs of the victim, which means they were dead before the fire happened. Mm -hmm. And the teacher's like, oh, you've been reading too many scary books. And he's like, no, I read the newspaper. It wasn't a teacher. It was a cop. There was a cop giving this instruction, wasn't it? I don't know. It was super weird. Um, I remember there being a cop. Okay. It's not important right now. I need my details to be expressed, Brennan, to to be mentioned. Look, just because he's a male figure doesn't mean he's a policeman. Fine. I mean, the badge might, but... Oh, my God. So, um, he's he says, like, no, I didn't read it in a book. I learned it from newspapers, which is saying that, like, reality is always darker than fiction, which Ooh. I think is a cool scene that I, I appreciate that. So, you have to mention these ideas before because that, that impresses me right there. Yeah, well, I would I would have mentioned it earlier if you hadn't interrupted with your cop thing. <laughs> oh, fine. Your, your little Okay, like, crusade. two minutes earlier is not, like, really earlier, though. Okay, sorry. Anyway, what's the worst thing about this movie for you? Um, again, we already explained it. Um, the assigned at birth gender of Ellie. Uh, I wasn't, I was confused for the longest as to what the significance of that was. Yeah. It, it, there's no significance in the movie. It's just there. Yeah. Because like Ellie doesn't address it. Like he's like, I'm going to stick with you. Thank you for saving me from the bullies. I don't care that you were born, you know, Elias. <laughs> I don't care that you were born. Um, but it just like, it's never really addressed again. And that leaves me feeling kind of out of sorts. 
but otherwise other than that i would say like if i had to pick something else beside that i would say the kind of like contemplative scenes where it's just like a shot of snow and a shot of i don't know the woods pressing his hand against the window for like 90 minutes yeah yeah i feel that uh my worst thing is kind of tied into yours it's just that it's not as twisted as the book Mm-hmm. which I wasn't intending on bringing up during my quality discussion because I know that's not fair, but I feel like I made my point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just wish it had gone as far as the book because that book really turned my stomach and I thought it was really, really powerful. And also, I think they try to have it both ways because they always imply those things around the fringes, like with Ellie's castration, mm-hmm. but they don't explore it. And I think it's pointless to have it in there. Yeah. And it's just kind of frustrating to me. It makes kind of a more vanilla movie because like what you're describing and what you told me from the book is pretty gut wrenching. Yeah, it's but this disgusting. Movie, like, I mean I gave it like what, four severed limbs, but that was out of respect for the ambiance that it was giving us. It was a really like drab movie overall. Uh-huh. And obviously there are some things that you can't do in a film because you have to watch it. Mm-hmm. But there were ways they could have actively implied what was going on in the book. And I just feel like they missed an opportunity to be more hardcore than it was. Okay. Even though I liked the movie. Fair enough. All right. Uh, so let's wrap things up. Let's put some tiles on our bingo cards for our final episode. Uh, Sergio, what elements from this movie do you think will carry over throughout the entire vampire genre? All right. So I'm going to start off with the title or a reference to the title is you have to be invited Vampires have to be invited into your home. I don't know if I included that in the first time, but mm-hmm. I certainly picked up on it this one, uh, this go around. Yeah, that that's one of my favorite elements of vampire lore too. It's so uh, cordial almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh my god! Sorry to interrupt you, but that scene where she shows Oscar what happens if she enters a room without being invited is probably one of my favorite scenes. Oh, where she slowly starts like boiling yeah. and festering with little. She's basically going to explode. Like her scalp starts bleeding and like she's got all these contusions that appear. It's crazy. And then she doesn't wipe it off at the end. Like once he's like, yeah, you can come in. Don't die on me. And then she's just walking around his house with blood all over her. Uh, she's a vampire. She doesn't need to worry about it. Mm. All right. So my next like, two. Don't, no use crying over oh. spilled blood. Okay. Thank you, Brennan. No problem. Um, my next two are kind of tied to each other, but. I'm going to include them regardless. Um, love story, number one. Okay. It's going to be a love story. Mm-hmm. And number three, or <laughs> love story, number one. Sorry, love story, number two. And then number three will be a May-December romance. And in this okay, one, I guess literally. it's like, yeah, this one's kind of like decades, difference romance. Sexual innuendo. This was a very sexual movie, or I guess implied sexuality. Yeah. Implied queerness. You can read that one as you want, because I don't know how to like label it properly when you have a... 14 year old kid who will one day be a 60 year old man dating another 14 year old kid (laughs) and then um i'm gonna put moral dilemma from being a vampire okay yeah like angst vampire Yeah, because that one chick what was her name jenny victoria uh virginia virginia um she had that crisis of personhood like she would rather be actually dead than what this existence brought upon her okay yeah that's cool and that so is that a says very something i don't know what it says but it says something that's a very Anne ricey way to approach vampirism that's mm-hmm. a good one uh here are my bingos uh psychic animals like animals can always tell when someone's not what they seem to be oh i love that scene with the little kitty cats yeah i mean the cats are like weird cgi it's mm-hmm. very strange but there's like a it's great, like the same cat too yeah there's a great different cat colors. attack scene 
uh, like weird eyeballs because her eyes get all like glowy in the dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, boarded up windows to keep the light out. Uh, someone human gets a minor injury in front of the vampire, causing them distress. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's these are good. Mm, thank you. And here's one that I've been noticing. This also happened in Dracula. Um, a second string vampire. Like we have our main vampire who in order to show how vampirism works creates someone else as a vampire like make someone else a vampire but they're not really important to the story mm-hmm. um like our our young virginia here who opted out and chose to burst into flames rather than becoming a vampire yeah and in dracula it was mina mm-hmm. he turned that first lady into a vampire and then she vanished from the film yeah we didn't really care about her did we we did not at all um so i think that's going to continue throughout the genre do you think they're going to always be women i feel like they usually are that's kind of like a vampire sexy thing. Really? You mm-hmm. think it's sexism? Yeah, totally. You think it's queer theory? Yep. All Should those things. into that? All those good things. Let's uh, let's do that after we stop recording. Uh. <laughs> um, and if you want to contact us, if you want to share your opinions about Let the Right One In... Uh, give us any suggestions as vampire movies that you really like that we should check out, which we would love. Please give us those. You can contact us on Twitter at Scream101Pod via Facebook at Scream101Podcast on uh, email at Scream101Podcast at gmail.com. Find us on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and review us. Give us five stars to just encourage a us. For effort. To encourage us on our journey forward into this podcast. Ooh, thank you for that. Did you do that on purpose? I did. Aw. I do most things on purpose. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. So, folks, Brennan told you best. Like, good luck on your journey. <laughs> good luck on your journey. Isn't that what um, we we're doing? Yeah. But wait, I have to say what we're watching next week. All right. Are you Shoot. ready? I'm ready. And next week, we will be watching Fright Night. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. I'm so scared. Uh, this will actually be interesting because I've never seen Fright Night before. I mean, I'd never seen any of these films before. I've so never seen the I'm original saying. before. Yeah, that's correct. I've seen the remake, which we will talk about next week. See you then. Alrighty. Bum, bum, bum. All right, I'm talking. Uh, I sound more mask, right? All right, cool. So, sports... Basketball, baseball, football, basketball, hockey. I don't think you sound mask if you forget. Like if you run out of sports after. Three. Ooh. Let's see you name more than three sports. Okay. Basketball, tennis, badminton, croquet, jaya Okay. For starters, you named like the gayest sports right off the bat. No, it's just white privilege sports. Oh, okay. All right. You ready? Remember this movie? All right. Back away. Like, give me some space. Give me some space. Hello. Uh, mean that with absolute love. What? Say I say that with with absolute love and respect. That's fine. People need this. Be my creative, my creative space. Mm. I can't allow you to stifle my thoughts. Okay. You're a quick. What's your next? Uh, Excuse me. Thank you. You're welcome. That was totally for you. All right. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Stay gold. This episode was brought to you by Cupholder Radio. You can find more episodes of this show and others at cupholderradio.com or wherever podcasts are sold. Get out. The podcast is coming from inside the house.